Welcome to episode 22 of Getting Real About. In today's episode, Stacy, Kim, and Vanessa are talking about raising disciples. Each of these ladies are at a different stage of raising kids and discuss how they are doing this in a world with so many different belief systems and outside influences. You'll glean some tips and knowledge from these ladies about non-negotiables at home, keeping Christ at the center of your family, and using the Bible as a rule book. All right, ladies, it's time to get real. Welcome to another episode of Getting Real About. Today we are talking about getting real about raising disciples. Um, I am Stacy Philpot, and I am a family pastor. I have four kids, four adult children. Um, my oldest is actually my stepson, and he is 27. And then um, I brought three into the family, and that is my daughter, who is 25. My middle son, who is, how old is he? He is 21 and going to be 22 in just days. And then my 19-year-old son as well. And I've been married to my husband for coming up on 13 years. I'm really having to like play these numbers and try to remember. But I am here with two other fantastic moms that I'm going to have them tell us a little bit about themselves as well. So Kim, why don't you go ahead and get started? I have been married to my husband for 41 years. Congratulations. Isn't that fantastic? Yes. yes. And he is fantastic. Nice. Um, we had two kids. I have a son who's 35 and a daughter who's 31. And they each married and they each have two little girls right around the same age as I have two seven-year-olds and two four-year-old little granddaughters. Oh, that's so, so we have great. a little pack of grand girls. It's fantastic. Yes. Oh, yep. I, I have a grandson. I forgot to oh. mention. He's so new that I, mean, <laughs> I don't forget about him. I try to talk about him all the time, but he will be two months old in two days. Oh, yes. He's so cute. He is so cute. And Vanessa, you are a boy mom for sure. Yeah. it's. I grew up with all girls. Like, hmm. it, so this is a whole new world to me. I'm still figuring it out, but yes. Um, my name is Vanessa, and I have three boys. They're ages five, three, and six months. Oh, <laughs> I remember that. I do. It, <laughs> it is real life um, in the thick of it. And uh, my husband and I have been married for seven years, going on eight years this August. And yeah, I am right in the middle of that season of life. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, like I said, I, I do remember that. And I'm at the stage now that I, I miss that. There are times when I wish I could put my children back into that mm -hmm. stage where I could control their choices, make choices for them. Um, I had a lot more say. And so, but I do understand and recognize that when you're in it, it's not always that much fun. So yeah. um, kind of starting with you and in that toddler age, what would you say that is the most difficult for you right now? And, and what are you enjoying the most in that stage? Yeah, well, um, what you're describing, it's funny because I struggle with um, wanting to always be in the next stage. And so the point I'm at now, I don't want to wish away this season. I, I'm trying to enjoy and soak in the moment and not be like, well, once Josiah starts, he's my six month old. Once Josiah starts walking, then it'll be better. You know, once Eli can do this or that. And, mm -hmm. and I feel like as a mom with toddlers, because my um, responsibility is so intensive right now, I, I can easily fall into this trap of wishing away this present moment, even though I can look at their sweet little faces and kiss them and be like, oh my gosh, you're so cute. I've heard from so many parents who are like, I wish I could go back to that phase when my kid was that little. Right. Like, And I'm like, I'm trying to enjoy it, but I'm also chasing three boys around. And so it's hard to balance that, like enjoying the moment and not wishing it away. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and trying to find time to rest and have quality time with your husband and make dinner that they want every <laughs> single night, you know. <laughs> Um, Kim, you're in an interesting spot where, you know, you can probably look back and remember your own kids being at that stage, but then now seeing your four grandkids right. go through that. And, and so explain the differences of, of how you've enjoyed those or what's been difficult. Well, everyone always says the grandkids get to go home, Yes, <laughs> yes. but having the four little girls, I have my little pack of girls and it's such a blessing. Mm. I, I just enjoy that time so much. Love having them. And it's really cool to see my kids be parents 
because all the hard work paid off. Mm. I, I am just blessed. Mm. My kids married beautiful Christian people. Oh, that's so I could good. have combed the earth and couldn't have found spouses for them any better than God found. I mean, it just, they're wow. amazing. And so they raise their children in Christian homes. They pretty much, I see stuff coming out of their mouth that used to come out of my mouth. Mm. And they just have implemented a lot of the things that we raised them. We were tough. We were tough parents. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. And um, I see my kids. I'm just so proud of them. Oh, yeah, I love that. It's really cool. Um, do you find that when your um, granddaughters were in that toddler busy stage, do you find yourself have, or, you know, they're a little bit past that now, but did you have more patience with them? With than, the grandkids? Yes. Oh, yes. 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 Because um, you just, you learn. It doesn't, a lot of things don't matter. Yeah. I mean, I'm still tough with my grand girls. There's four of them and one of me. Usually uh -huh. it's me and them. And um, I can't let them get away with things, but I'm very quick to forgive and just move on and let it go. And they, I have their respect and they're, and I have, they know they're just loved unconditionally. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot easier, a lot more fun. Because it's not all the time. <laughs> right. When my daughter was expecting, and it was actually when we were first telling the rest of our family, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I was telling my grandma, and she was so excited that she was going to be, uh, well, she has many great-grandchildren, but, um, or this was her great-great. Yeah. Oh, wow. I think this is her first great-great, actually. Mm. And uh, she's, I said, oh, I cannot wait, Grandma, to be a grandma myself. And she said, oh, honey, you're going to wish that you had them first. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, that is so great. Um, so, Kim, you said, you know, that you guys were very tough. So explain, what does that look like? Because you are, you come across as a very uh, joyful, um, God-loving person. So what does it look like to be tough? So we just had non-negotiables. You know, we were a Christian family. Jesus came first. Church came first. The friends that they hung out with regularly, I knew who they were. I knew where my kids were going. They didn't go play to parties or houses or wherever that I didn't know about. If it was something I didn't feel comfortable with, sorry, you're not going. Um, we had friends that were not Christian friends in our home all the time. And that way I could supervise mm -hmm. it. We were the house where the kids came mm -hmm. and hung out. We had a pool table and ping pong and stuff for them to do. And as the kids got older, my husband and I volunteered with a high school youth group. We did that for like 18 years. Mm. Um, but we had our finger in everything. We volunteered with sports at the school. We were involved, totally involved. And if I didn't like something or my husband didn't, that was it. Mm -hmm. Yes means yes, no means no, no negotiating. Mm -hmm. And that part we did, especially when they're little. Yeah. You know, I see new moms and it's just so easy to give in. It's sometimes easier, mm -hmm. but kids learn that if I ask once and you don't say yes, but I ask the third time and you say yes. Right. So that, I think that's what I mean by being tough. Yeah, no, I appreciate uh. that. In fact, um, I, with my four kids, I have two that follow the Lord, just amazing. And they have a great relation, relationship with God. And my daughter married an incredible man as well, who loves the Lord. And so that has been such an answer to prayer. Um, our oldest is not following God and that is so painful. And then our youngest, he loves God. He'll totally tell you, mom, I don't know why you worry about me. I, I love God, but he's not following God. He's not mm -hmm. walking the path that, um, I know God has created for him. And when I hear your words, honestly, I do have conviction of like, okay, if I could go back, I, I do feel like I, I did give in a lot and it is hard. I mean, it's I'm really not, hard. I mean, I know that there's a lot of moms listening thinking, Oh, you know, that don't be hard on yourself. We all do it. But if, if, if you want to get better at anything, I would say that that would be it to stand yeah. your ground and not worry so much about being a good pal. Oh, totally. You know, you've yes. really got to be the authority in your house. Yes. Mm -hmm. I agree. Um, so what's interesting is, so Vanessa, while your kids are younger, um, you know, the next kind of stage we're looking at is middle school age, high school. Well, your husband is a middle school pastor mm -hmm. and I actually get the privilege of working with him and, and he will sometimes do things that I'm like, you are such a middle school pastor because he'll <laughs> act like the middle schoolers. Yes. <laughs> So what are you, what are you nervous about of that stage? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, pastor, being a pastor's kid in general, I think I feel like in church culture now, that's kind of notoriously like, oh, you know, those pastors, yes. kids, I feel like that's always been a thing. Um, so that's in the back of my mind um, <clears throat> because I, I feel like it can not backfire, but I feel like I've seen kids and not feel like I have seen kids in um, raised in a church family step away from the Lord because it's almost like they want to rebel mm -hmm. intentionally. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like Jordan and I um, are walking this line of, and this is a really big thing for us, like this is your choice. So like what Kim's talking about, there's non-negotiables in this house, mm -hmm. but this is your choice. And we want you to have this relationship with God, not feel like it's forced because we're in ministry mm -hmm. and I, because it's so easy to be like, well, our family loves Jesus and we're in ministry. So you're just a part of it. But like, do you really have a relationship right. with God? And like, we're stewards of that. I, it's a mm -hmm. huge responsibility. And so, um, and then, you know, Jordan and I, you're talking about the goofy middle school. <laughs> part. Um, one of the, the good things that I'm so thankful that I married Jordan and I don't even know if he's going to listen to this, but I <laughs> love you, Jordan. Um, he, him and I were really so silly and goofy and fun and we we're just fun loving people. But like one of the cornerstones of our marriage is communication. And, um, just as a side note, I was raised by a psychologist. Oh, <laughs> so that's, what's wrong with me. No. Um, <laughs> But like in a, when I was looking for a partner to raise kids mm -hmm. with, I'm like, this, it has to be somebody that can logically sit down and reason and we can have this open dialogue. I mean, I feel like the cornerstone of any good relationship yes. is communication. Mm -hmm. yes. So Jordan and I take these things very seriously and we want to cultivate. So we'll sit down and have conversations. Like, um, for example, if there's an interaction that we have with the kids, we won't discuss it. We're like, say we're mm -hmm. not happy about mm -hmm. it. We won't discuss it in front of them. We'll step aside later and have that conversation and be like, right. what would we have done differently? So we're like evol constantly evolving in that. An I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think that's great. The place. So yeah. Um, Kim, any, any advice to, can you think back to those? Well, like my kids were raised in a Christian home and I wasn't, so I had that mm. choice. Yeah. to become a believer when I was about 19. Yeah. So my husband and I were very concerned for our kids that we didn't want it to be something forced on them that we said, you're a Christian, so you're a Christian, right? Right. So for us, baptism was kind of the thing where our kids decided when they were ready to be baptized. Oh, I love that. And my son, we were like, is he ever going? <laughs> but he did get baptized at I think he was 17, oh, wow. but then it was really his decision. Yeah. And same with my daughter, her, she was about 14. And so that was when they really took on their own faith. The non-negotiables were like, we're going to youth group. You're going to youth group. I'll mm -hmm. pull you out of sports early church. If there's a game on Sunday, you know, we occasionally would let them go ahead and do the game. You know, they committed to the team, but a lot of people put like sports before oh, church, absolutely. Yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. So we, we tried to be flexible as we could, but really they knew the pri what the priorities mm -hmm. were, but getting that baptism time for them to really give their life to Jesus and do an outward um, showing of all of that on their own time seemed to really cement their faith. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can I add something to that? Yes. So Eli, our oldest one, he's five. And so, um, he, we started like a few years ago talking to him about what it means to, um, give your life to Jesus and mm -hmm. what it means to have salvation. And so we've been having this conversation and I, we told him, we said, okay, when you're ready to pray the prayer of salvation, we're mm -hmm. going to pray that prayer with you. And so we wanted again, back mm -hmm. to like their choice. And he actually, he asked us out of the blue, um, like three, about three weeks ago, he said, mom, I'm ready to mm. accept Jesus mm. in my heart. And to talk about, I like, oh my goodness, it was one of the best days of my entire life. And, um, we prayed the prayer of salvation and we talked about heaven and the Holy spirit. And it was, I mean, I, Jordan and I cried like the whole day. It was amazing. <laughs> but the Lord really put on my heart baptisms. Mm-hmm because that's another choice right. that they can make to signify publicly. So I started talking to Eli about mm -hmm. baptisms and what that looks like and declaring your faith. And he's like, 
I said, Eli, do you understand? And he goes, yeah, it's a baptism. And, oh. <laughs> baptism. and I said, that is so uh, perfect. He goes, they, they put you under the water and you come out and they give you a towel. It's a baptism. I'm like, all right, well, we'll work on that. But like, <laughs> it's the cutest thing. <laughs> it's so cute. I, I so appreciate that as, um, my position again, as a family pastor of you sharing that story, because you know, um, I work with all of the children's pastors and the youth pastors, and we always look at our job as partnering with parents that we are trying to equip and help, but we are not meant to be the primary leaders right. of their faith. Yeah. If you, you know, there's this, um, you've probably heard it said before in church, but if you brought your child to church every Sunday for the year, and they're usually closed the last Sunday of the year, we would have 51 hours with your kids. You have, as a mom or dad, so much more time right. and, mm -hmm. and that FaceTime. And like you were saying, Kim, you have the authority in their life that you should be the one responsible for leading them in right. their faith. And so I so appreciate that that happened at home. We are so excited and of course, praise and <laughs> really do celebrate when we see kids and students accept Jesus at church um, and parents definitely get excited about it. But when it happens at home, I really do right. think that is amazing and reflects great parenting example. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm looking back to, I'm not too far out of the high school years with, especially with my boys. Um, those were difficult years for, again, one of them is, has always been um, following God and been excited about it, has um, always had great friends that they lifted one another up in their faith. That's what they did together. They came to youth group, they would go to camps, they would go to events. That's how they connected. Um, and then again, my other one, he was very consistent in coming to church and has accepted Jesus. I think probably a handful of times, I believe he's been baptized a couple of different times <laughs> at camps and mission trips and such, but his influence, the people he, uh, chose to be around, they were not right. in the church and that was hard. And then I would affirm what Kim was saying, like, try to be the place that your kids want to come to um as they get older it does it gets harder mm -hmm. to you know for lack of a better word control and they yeah. do have the right to choose their path and i'm in a place right now actually um where i'm thanking god for the struggles i was convicted by james 1 2 where it talks about consider it all joy when you have troubles and tribulation <laughs> right. I'm like, okay and i'm on my knees praying and crying and saying thank you god for the struggle that you have given our family right now because at the end of it when it turns out great as you already know that it will the glory will be yours and not because of anything that i could do or my husband can do so I'm in the midst of that. So I'm probably just saying that out loud to remind myself mm -hmm. that I'm in the midst of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and we're seeing it more and more uh, recently, but just the culture and how much it influences our kids. Mm -hmm. And so how, how do you currently with your young ones and Kim, how did you with your kids, how did you um, handle raising them up where there's so many different beliefs. There's so many different influences of what we should accept and, um, support. How did you keep so them on the path? Just having the Bible be our guide. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. You know, what does the Bible say about that? The kids would come home with a question. Something would happen at school or they'd see something or today's culture, I think you guys have a way harder. I, I do. It's just way harder yeah. because things that were not acceptable when I raised my kids are now part of the mainstream yes. for you. And yeah. I just, it breaks my heart for my grandkids, mm -hmm. but my, my kids are doing the same with theirs that mm -hmm. we did is the Bible's your guide. So what does the Bible have to say about that? Mm -hmm. And if they have questions, you answer the question until they're not asking any more questions. Yeah. So you don't give them too much, okay. but what Good does the Bible say about it? And then that's our guide in the Bible, you know, mm -hmm. here's the rule book. And when I, a little piece of that for me is, um, my kids always saw me reading my Bible and I'm recently doing a really mm. fun thing where we're doing an online, um, our whole church is doing the new Testament. Are they doing yeah, that? At the yeah. Okay. Yep. So, and I realized I'm reading it on my phone cause I have the app, 
And I'm thinking, how many moms are probably reading their Bible on their phone? And it just looks like screen time. Yes. It doesn't look like you're in your Bible. So I thought that might be something everyone should kind of check. Mm-hmm. And if you've got little ones in particular where they're watching mommy or dad, get that paper Bible out and mm-hmm. let them see that you're actually digging in. I don't, to me, that seemed like it might be something that they need to visualize rather than seeing you on screen time. Well, and personally, yeah. I, so I pull it up and then I actually read it in my paper book paper Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have anybody else in the house right now. We're actually empty nesters, but, um, for my own discipline, because mm-hmm. when I'm looking at it on my phone, well, then I get a text from my friend sure. or I yeah. get a notification on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Well, what's happening there? And <laughs> distracting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just look at what the scripture is and then pull it up in my Bible so I can read it. That's what we did though, is just use the Bible as our guide. And if it was a question, you know, we could go to the youth pastor and let's ask pastor Mike, mm-hmm. what he mm-hmm. thinks about that, you know, but that was the absolute authority was it, what does God have to say? And we tried to do that at home within their school. They'd come home from stuff at school where the teacher said this and such. And even my little granddaughter came home and said, her teacher said something like, or the school psychologist came in and said, who is the most important person in the world? And my little granddaughter raised her hand and said, Jesus. And she said, no, no, you're the most important thing. And so my granddaughter, rather than get discouraged, came home and says, that teacher didn't know about Jesus. Right, right, right. (laughs) But see, they battle, right. From the get-go, yes. they're battling stuff. Yeah. So, but she already knew Jesus is number one. That's yeah. the most important thing. She's wow. only seven. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, can you think of any, and maybe you've already had some with uh, your little ones, but have you had any um, hard conversations with them about their beliefs and their choices? I, I mean, I, I could take up the rest of the time by telling you <laughs> hard conversations, but any come to mind? Well, just for us, there was a lot of kids drinking, you Mm -hmm. know, like high school students. Mm -hmm. And we just told our kids, we modeled a lot of things in our home Mm -hmm. that we didn't do that we expected they didn't do. So Tony Mm -hmm. and I decided early on, we didn't have any alcohol in the house. We didn't drink just some things that we felt Mm -hmm. were important because we worked with high school students for 18 years and we saw how that was a big issue. So from the get go, from the time our kids were little, they didn't see mom and dad drinking. You know, that was just mm-hmm. something for us mm-hmm. that was really important. Um, we didn't, we were careful about movies and stuff that came, everything coming into the house. Mm-hmm. We just kept thinking, what would God want mm. for our family? And so those hard conversations, like they already knew what the standard was. Yeah. And I, I feel so blessed because my kids didn't stumble in those areas and they weren't perfect. We weren't perfect, mm-hmm. but early on we had just determined that we were going to make some roll lines in the sand for our family. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so hard today. Mm -hmm. It's harder. It is hard. It's harder. But even just in the tone that you speak, I so appreciate because I hear grace and Mm -hmm. um, gratitude because you do recognize that, you know, know, by the grace of God and the choices that he led us and the way he guided us as parents, this is the, the fruit that our children have, you know, we've, you're reaping what you sowed. And I, I, but I don't hear condemnation towards. No, I mean, we had had, um, alcohol issues on either side of the family too, which was a big part Mm -hmm. of our decision. But I think every family could look and say, there are some things we are just like, not, not going to have in our home period. What about you, Vanessa? Have you had to have any like hard conversations yet with those little ones? Because they have no filters. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I, nothing that I would say, I mean, we've had tough conversations, but nothing that, um, would apply like biblically. Um, but to what you guys were talking about, it is extremely intimidating to raise a child in this culture. And I know Mm -hmm. Jordan, I know those are coming. Um, and it makes me think, you know, the scripture be in the world, but not of it. Absolutely. And I think that like just sums up the whole thing that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I heard somebody recently say that kids we're not sending our kids as like victims into the world to be picked off. Like we're slinging our kids like arrows into the world to like make an impact. Yes. And I feel like those, that is so true, but it's a lot of collective little moments that add up to that big mm-hmm. sling. Into the world. I, mm-hmm. You can't see me, but I'm doing a slingshot. This is very interesting, Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
that's what I tried to remind myself is it's, it's the little conversations. It's the big, um, non-negotiables that, that you're consistent in like drawing those lines in the sand. I think I'm just soaking up everything that you're saying, Mm -hmm. you know, both of you ladies, I, that's something I try to do too, is just, I'm using a $5 word here, glean, Mm -hmm. glean wisdom Mm -hmm. off of, um, Mm -hmm. other people. Cause that's another, another thing is approaching this in wisdom. Like I know I can't handle this. God, give me the resources, give me the people to look to. I can't do this on my own. And ultimately I know most importantly, we have that foundational piece of the Holy spirit to right. guide us through that. But man, the cultural, it's going to be, yes. you know, it's going to be tough. Yes. Well, uh, yeah. With our little grandson, I, I told my husband, I'm like, Oh my goodness. I just feel like, like we need to, you know, get him out of here. Like, yeah. you know, with everything that's surrounded, he goes, where honey to the moon yeah like where are we going to take Nowhere. him that he's away from it you know yeah it, i just remember so holding both of my little babies yes and rocking them praying for their spouse when they were just teensy teensy yes. little babies and praying for their future praying for their spouse pray 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 for uh, those kids i it, it does like Um, bring up emotion for me. I love praying for my kids. And sometimes those prayers are, I'm crying out to God as well. But um, I have a journal for each of my kids that I write in. And, you know, sometimes I'm more consistent than others. My daughter, I had given her hers actually right after graduation. And I had start writing her prayers and such to her when she was probably like six. The boys, I for some reason started a little bit later. I have not given them theirs. Maybe I wouldn't be surprised if Blake listens to this, but, um, because I'm like, maybe when they get married, I don't know. I, I still feel like I'm very much still <laughs> in prayer for him and his brother. But, um, yeah, I, I love the prayers for, as a parent, um, you know, that's a full on Bible study, the power of a praying parent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. When you were talking about, um, when they were little yesterday, I was holding my, you know, baby grandson and I just was looking at him and thinking you are without sin. You haven't even had the chance to sin yet. Mm. And then I thought, Oh my goodness. I wonder how soon till there's a device in your hand, you know? Um, I mean, just again, the influences in this Mm -hmm. world, Mm -hmm. um, Kind of a, a fun, interesting question. Are there any phrases or sayings that you say to your kids that you said to your kids growing up that have kind of stuck with them? Um, I have a couple that pop into mind. Um, one thing I've always told my kids is um, tell the truth because then we can deal with it the first time because, you know, that the lies can create then the stories and you got to remember and you don't have to remember the lies that you've told. If you tell the truth, there might be consequences, but then we can deal with it. Mm. Um, my dad, um, he uh, passed away in September, which was tragic, but he was an incredible man of God. And, um, whenever I'd say something about being nervous, he'd be like, Oh honey, that's such a good thing. Because that means one of two things. You're either nervous because you did something you weren't supposed to, and you're going to get in trouble and you're feeling (laughs) convicted about it, which is a healthy thing. Or it's something that's really important to you and Mm. you're excited and proud. And Mm. a lot of times baptisms, people are nervous about it, but it's because it's so important Mm -hmm. to them. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that, that my kids are like, whenever they said, Oh, I'm kind of nervous. And I'm like, well, they're like, I know it's either because I'm in trouble or yeah. (laughs) But what about you guys? Mm, We had those cheesy little, what would Jesus do bracelets on all the time? And that was always kind of a thing, Uh you know, Mm -hmm. uh, just what what would God do? And then um, I'm always telling the kids, even still don't borrow trouble. Yeah. Just, oh, my dad just used to say that. Don't, don't borrow, borrow trouble. trouble. Yep. So, you I know, just, yeah. It, and I heard my daughter even saying that to her little girl recently. Yes, like just, worrying about things that haven't come about. Don't borrow yeah. trouble. You're not there yeah. yet. Because oh. it's getting rid of the what ifs, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the what ifs. I love that. And mm-hmm. we just, we had a very happy, funny family. Mm-hmm. So we were always, a merry heart is like good medicine. You yes. know, you take a good laugh and try to insert Bible verses into their yes. lives. And they just a philosophy of just pure joy, joy, loving Jesus and looking at people that don't know Jesus, not as a negative thing, but they don't understand about Jesus as like a, 
big yet at the end of the sentence. Yeah. Well, your granddaughter, she yes. showed that when yep. she came home. She was like, she didn't know about she Jesus. She just didn't know about yeah, Jesus. Poor thing. And it just kind of, for kids, like <laughs> super simple, right? Oh, okay. There's yeah. not like this huge explanation because you can't expect people that don't know Jesus to follow Jesus' rules. Exactly. They don't know the rules. Yes. So yeah. it's pretty simple. Mm -hmm. I don't have any sayings yet. I think my saying right now is like, um, just a moment or no. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to get hurt. Please, Please get down. <laughs> Stop hitting your breath. Yeah. Stop wrestling. Because why do boys come out of the womb wanting to wrestle? They oh. do. I don't understand. I mean, it's because so, I, again, I grew up with all girls. So we didn't wrestle. We're like, hey, let's do hair, Barbies, whatever, easy stuff, you know. But they, they want to wrestle. So that's a big thing. But I, so I do incentivize them to learn Bible verses with coins. Mm -hmm. And so they know a few ones in Proverbs, like the most recent one I taught them is an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips, mm -hmm. like just little short. Mm -hmm. ones, oh like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so they, and then they're working on, I believe that one's like Proverbs 24, 26. So Eli's like Proverbs 26, <laughs> like we'll get there. But you earned a coin. And so <laughs> nice. They love it. And I've heard so many adults say they incentivize their kid. Like, I'll sure. pay you to learn that verse because you're still getting the word of God like in your heart. So that's what we're doing. Love that. Um, I'm curious, Vanessa, because you are um, an incredible singer. I'm not an incredible singer, but I love to sing. <laughs> but I'm super loud and off tune. Um, so <laughs> our, our worship pastor, um, Pastor Pablo, whenever he comes into the office, I'll start singing really loud. And I'm like, I'm auditioning. <laughs> and he just kind of cringes but um, <laughs> at home I was thinking another it's not really a phrase but it's a song and I literally sing it every single day is Jesus lover of my soul um, it's just this one that pops into my head and so it just I mean all my kids my husband they all know it word for word and it's gonna be sung at my funeral I'm sure but <laughs> is there any songs that your kids would know that you probably sing okay this I'm going to sound like I'm like way too cool for here, <laughs> but like I make up songs for my kids. Oh, nice. Oh. So they have, I won't sing it on here, but the words, okay, I'm going to share this. I'm so glad you brought this up. One of the songs I made up is, um, I love you. Like I've always known you. Like I've always known to, like I mm. always will. Oh. And I sing it at night. And if I, I'd probably sing it if I didn't have a raspy voice. Um, but anyways, I sing, I think, obviously, Stacey's singing is a big part of who I am in worship, and um, I love that. And my kid, my oldest one, Eli, he, he actually told me recently, he's like, Mom, you're a really good singer, and you know it. <laughs> he goes, you know it, Mom. I go, okay, thank you. Um, I love you, too. Um, but they've, he actually started recognizing, he's like, Mom, you're, it's not just like this annoying thing, like, don't sing at me, Mom, because I could easily get that answer, too. Right, right, right. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Well, and a little rabbit trail on the, the wrestling comment. Yes. So again, her husband is a middle school pastor. And um, just recently, we had middle school winter camp. And so he comes to me and he's often just, you know, is running by the agenda and such. And he's like, okay, okay, Stacy, so hear me out, hear me out. <laughs> and that's never a good thing yeah. when somebody <laughs> starts with hear me out. And I'm like, okay, okay. And he's like, okay, I'm thinking for camp after like the messages and stuff for the <laughs> Friday night event, we're going to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at him like, are you kidding me? Well, then Jacob, who's actually my son-in-law and again, an incredible man of God. And he grew up in youth group and he goes, oh, I totally remember wrestling at the high school winter <laughs> camp. And I go, okay, if you can promise me that we will facilitate this well. And there was a dad there that actually helps wrestle, like do coach wrestling or whatever. The boys loved it so much. It went on. Nobody was hurt okay. in the filming of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. And I thought, okay, well, he knew what he was talking about. And it was hilarious. Yes. He, people, he had an entrance, you guys, to this wrestling <laughs> yes. thing. I got a video of it. He had a song. He had a fake wrestling belt over his shoulder. I'm like, I do not understand. Again, a very big difference between men and women. I'm like, yes. but but the boys loved it. Yeah, I don't know. Right, right. Oh, um, we probably kind of touched base on this a little bit, but um, just is, are there any tidbits of knowledge that you hope, I guess, Vanessa, maybe 
you could answer this best um, since you're, they're still young that you hope that they will pick up on and pass along to their kids because Kim and I can already kind of see what they have pa- picked up on and what they're passing on. So what are you hoping for? Well, the, other than the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Other than the obvious, I like, I feel like I need to focus more on that because lately my mindset has been on what I don't want them to pick up on. Mm. And I don't want that to be my focus, you know, because there's things that I want to actively avoid. Um, like, okay, I, I don't want to do this behavior in front of them. Like that's common sense and wisdom, you know, like, like for example, I wouldn't want to do, I wouldn't want to like yell a lot and like, teach yeah. or, like pass something on like an mm-hmm. anger issue or something like that. Um, but I think the biggest things I want to focus on instilling in them, um, are just, and that I would hope in the future. And I don't know if you guys have any tips on this, but, um, are to be critical thinkers and to be mm. self-aware because the, and this plays into culture. This plays into, um, listening to the Lord. All of it is somebody who can think for themselves. Mm-hmm. They huge. can, they can still submit to the Lord. Like mm-hmm. I submit my life to the Lord, but I know how to use my critical thinking. And it's so easy to be, that's something that was instilled in me is my dad raising three little girls wanted us to be very independent and mm. very like, you know, we, so we could make it on our own in a sense. And so I think there's this fine line of like in your relationship with the Lord of self-reliance, but also trusting in him. Mm-hmm. And so I want my kids to have faith, but be self-sufficient yeah. and like they can think for themselves. Yep. Any advice on that? Well, love the Lord, your God with all your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. And so I always would ask, the kids would ask a question and I'd answer it with a question first to kind of see where they were thinking. Mm-hmm. And that was my pet peeve as a high school youth leader. Yeah. Kids didn't think just mm-hmm. to try to get kids to think, well, why do we believe that? Yeah. Well, the Bible says that. Where does it say it? Why does it say it? What What context is that? It's not just like this blatant thing. Right. What does it mean? So, yeah, yeah I really... I think we're supposed to love God with our mind. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that makes me think of too, um, uh, what I would say to that is um, creating, and which I would say I see that in you as confidence and that you're trying to raise your boys to have that as well. Yeah. That was something that was so important to my dad is that we would be confident. And um, I feel like at times I almost can come across arrogant because I was yes. taught that so Me much that I just thought, well, don't you know who I am? I mean, I'm the daughter of Steve Stormo. Like I knew <laughs> how loved I was. Mm-hmm. And so that was really important to me that my kids would always know how loved they were, even when they messed up. Um, and that they, he, it was important to my dad that we were confident in our faith, but like I was saying to you, Kim, you do not come across at all um, condemning. You are just very confident in your faith mm-hmm. and knowing that God loves you and that your children know the same thing. And so they can love others appropriately mm-hmm. as well and reflect Jesus in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, because Jesus was not condemning. He was no. just love mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. all. And yeah. So, um, yeah, I would say confidence is is huge in that. Um, is there any advice that you were given when you were a young mom that stuck with you? I'm trying to think if there was. Yeah, I, I was attending a Baptist church with lots of little old Baptist ladies when my kids were little and I didn't come from a, from a home of believers. Mm-hmm. And so I had gleaned and glommed on to all of these grandmas because I wanted my kids to have that wisdom in their life. Mm-hmm. And so I remember I was asked one old lady, what, how long should you pray for something? She goes, honey, mm. as long as it's on your heart, you spill your heart out to Jesus. And I thought that was like so simple, but because I was thinking maybe I should quit praying for that if God hasn't answered yet. Yeah. No, you keep praying. Wow, that's good. Um, and then just, just the basically not to sweat that small stuff. Yes. Look at things with the eternal eyes because this little drama between the girls at school or the, you know, the bully on the bus, it all passes. Mm-hmm. And just tell the kids, you know what? We're just going to focus on Jesus and he loves you. He loves you. And Jesus has all the power to take that problem and mm-hmm. put it on his shoulders because he's got big shoulders. Yes. So Jesus, giving the kids that picture that Jesus has big shoulders. I love that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Wow. That's good. Um, any advice that anybody has given to you that has really been helpful? The season of life I'm in, it's been really freeing to, um, I mean, now I'm on my third child, my third son, and I feel like I care a lot less. I'm in a more of a healthy space of people judging me. Like, you know, with my mm, first son, yes. it was like my worst fear was like my child throwing a tantrum in the grocery store. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, now I'm just like, I just want you to be a good human. Like, yes. I, don't, I don't care if people judge me. Um, so I feel like that's, that's where I'm at is like, I feel much more confident and free mm-hmm. and like, um, you know, that, and also like something I think that I'm doing well is being, um, coachable is not the right word, but open to wisdom. Like I feel I can relate to Kim. What you're Mm -hmm. saying is I try to not think I know it all. Like Mm -hmm. I just try to take pieces of wisdom and I'm able, I'm open to correction from the Lord, Mm -hmm. from other people like that I trust. And and I think that's when you are open like that to that. I mean, that I think that makes all Mm -hmm. the difference. Mm -hmm. So not as of yet any like earth shaking, like advice, but I'm, I'm always open to advice. Learn till I die. That's my motto. Ask yes. anyone that yes. knows me. Yes. I say it all the time. Learn till I die. Whatever it is, learn till I die. Well, I and that. when you're sharing about that, you know, you're worried about what others thought. I really battled that when, especially when I just had my daughter when she was little. But, you know, you're on your third child. And as a mom, <laughs> you soon come to realize Oh, they're not judging me, especially if they're a mom. They are not. In fact, they might look at you kind of like, I'm so sorry. I've been there. Or, you know, maybe they've got a, you know, they're just starting out and they're thinking, oh no, am I going to be there? And so, um, I do think for the most part, most moms, we are loyal to one another and have each other's backs. And so I, Mm -hmm. I hope that that's what you have started to experience. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the more I talk to other moms, you're like, Oh, I'm in the same boat. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. And, and like what you said, it's so true. Most people are look, they're worried about what other people are thinking about them. They're not consumed with exactly. I mean, and it, this is almost not embarrassing, but like I used to care Eli, my oldest one, I would like take time with his outfits and it'd be partly cause it was fun. And I still love dressing mm-hmm. my kids mm-hmm. in cute clothes. But the other day, like Lucas, my middle one, I, we got out of the house and I looked at him and I was like, um, <laughs> did I approve this? And, and then I just let it go and I moved on about my day, but like, didn't let it bother me. But like, as with my first one, that would have bothered me. Mm-hmm. I would have been embarrassed yeah, of his yeah. outfit. But so I've come a long way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I saw some joke video thing the other day, like, okay, what we, what little, what kids do that we cannot get away with as adults. And <laughs> it was like the husband, did you see this one? No, the husband was like, he was talking to his wife. He goes, come on, honey. Um, you want to go to the store with me? She's like, yep, just a minute. And she runs in the back and then she comes out and she's got this princess outfit on. <laughs> <laughs> That's crap. And I was like, I kind of wish I could still do that but you know (laughs) you don't think anything of it if i saw a little girl walking around the store and i'd go oh that's so cute Mm -hmm. but if i saw a grown woman i'd be like huh yeah yeah (laughs) um is there anything uh that you wish that you would have known earlier i'm looking at kim as i ask this yeah i think there are times when I would get caught up just in the crisis of the moment, mm-hmm. you know, I, just because you love your kids and you don't want them crushed or hurt or they get over it. Yes. You know, I think I spent a lot of emotion worrying about their little precious souls and their little hearts. Yes. And of course, their soul is important, but I mean, their heart may have got trampled on a little bit, but they were fine. They were, you know, these they things really pass. are resilient. You they, hear that, but yeah. they really are. And it passes. And so being careful. I think as they got older, I was careful not to put as much, you know, we're mm-hmm. fine. I won't get over it. You'll mm-hmm. be fine. And um, so I think I'll, maybe just times when I w- wish I would have tamped it down a little sooner. But for the most part, I just, I was blessed with a husband that was completely supportive. We're on the same page, raising our kids. They couldn't run to dad. If I said no, he was going to say no. Mm-hmm. And if they ran to him and tried to weasel it, then they were in trouble. So I was just blessed with a fantastic husband and we had a lot of support from friends and family um so if they messed up not only were they going to disappoint jesus mom and dad Mm -hmm. but aunties and uncles and church family and they had a lot of adults in their life that would have given them grief if they would have made a big mistake yeah yeah so i think that's important i i would say you know coming from again a blended family and um 
Greg and I, you know, he's my second husband. And so I know that there's others out there in that same boat and it, it really is a different dynamic. Um, and we uh, both are Christians, but there were some insecurities going into it. And I know there's other moms out there dealing with that. And so when my, my kids were little, when we got together, but I was insecure a bit in that relationship. Is this one going to break like my first one did? And so, um, it is of course important that we put our husbands first and take care of them. But I, when I look back, I think there are times that I, I neglected my my kids' needs at times, their emotional needs at times, because I was dealing with my own insecurities and, um, you know, am I taking care of my husband? Okay, am I spending enough time with him? And so I would just encourage those that are out there in blended families to really to have that conversation. Like, Vanessa, what you were saying, communication is key. And it has taken Greg and I, I mean, it probably took us a good three to five years to really figure out communication um, as a whole, blending our kids together, what um, having separate rules. Again, it gets messy. And sure. so the sooner yep. you can deal with that, the better it will be. Yeah. Um, Vanessa, any questions that you have for, you know, us wise mothers? <laughs> <laughs> the wise mothers. Well, I feel like I've, I'm already thankful for all the information I've gotten. And, um, oh my gosh, you guys, I just whacked my microphone again. <laughs> okay. Um, I, my biggest question would be for each of you, if, and I don't know if this boils down to one thing or if it's a couple things, but um, what's something you wish you could have done differently mm. and what's something that you would keep the same? Hmm. I could do the keep the same first for sure. Um, we were the same at home as we were at church. If I was on, if my kids messed mm -hmm. up in public, they got reprimanded in public. I you know, wasn't too harsh, but you know what I mean? If yeah. they act up, I wasn't going to like, when you get home, oh, no, yeah. no, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. we just took care of stuff right away, whatever. And that was one thing my kids have told me we just was the same. We were honest who we were, what you see is what you get. Um, no yeah. mask, no fakiness. So that part, I think we did really mm -hmm. good. The kids that came from youth group into my home, they saw what they would see at youth group, you know, just us family. Yeah. And we always had extra kids around the dinner table, you know, that I think we did that really well. Yeah. Um, I think, what would I do different? Such a big question. It is a big question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I think there were times when we did uh, skip for sports and that kind of stuff. And when you look back, what was most important, you know, um, we really try to make church priority. Mm -hmm. I think we could have even made it more of, Okay. but you know, you try to try to balance that too. So, um, I'm not saying we did everything right, <laughs> right, right, right. but I kind of live with no regret in my yeah. life. And I just feel like we did the really nice. the best job we could do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just keep plugging away and just try to be as real and honest with your kids so that they don't see a different mommy at church than they see at home. than you are at the school. I mean, yeah, this I is it that. guys. <laughs> I love that. And just as a side note, that's convicting for me. Cause I, I feel like I kind of started to do that is like disciplining in public versus, um, disciplining in private because um, like, for example, when my kids get in trouble at home, the, they go in a timeout. And so if I can't I can't put them in a timeout in public, sometimes I'll be like, okay, when we get home, you know, we're going to have a conversation mm -hmm. later. Mm -hmm. And I think it's better to actually address it in the moment. So one of the things they're motivated by these coins, you know, right, right. We give them coins, <laughs> scripture, and they earn and lose coins, right. which is also a lesson about money. That's another podcast. <laughs> um, but so sometimes in the moment I'm like, all right, if you continue that, you're going to lose a coin. Like I try mm -hmm. to do yes. something in the moment yep. Yep. and I, I'm not trying to be fake, but I, that like convicts me or I'm like, oh, okay. I don't want to say, well, we're going to have a conversation about that later, you know, cause I think yep. like that does what you're saying. Oh, I've left a whole cart of groceries, picked my child up, walked, found a corner where I could get them one-on-one -on -one and tell them how that's not going to happen again. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Or we're going out to the car and then there was going to be a big consequence. And then we get, you know, sit back in the car. Right. 
but it's hard to do that. It is hard. hard. And you always have someone, I had a lady one time follow me, an older lady, and she was behind me. I was like, what? Well, because I actually gave my son a little swat. He Uh had kept standing up in the cart and I had said, do it one more time. And he did. And I thought, oh no, I'm going to hear it. And so this old lady, she looks around and I turn around, she goes, honey, that was the best piece of parenting I've ever seen. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> so they're not all there to just yes, chew exactly. you out. Exactly. Um, I would say one thing that I feel like that I did right and I would keep the same is that all four of our kids know that they are loved. Mm-hmm. Um regardless of the path that they are on they know that i mean they they know the values that we stand for but they know that we love them and that they know that we're praying for them um i can remember uh, when my kids would be when they were younger and then even my youngest again who's 19 he, he doesn't live at home anymore but um you know every night i'd go in i'd tuck them in and or i'd check on them after they were sleeping as well and i'd say to them as they were sleeping um you know, you're such a good girl or you're such a good boy and you are doing great things and God loves you. And, you know, they're sleeping. And I remember when Ethan was probably eighth or ninth grade and he was going up the stairs and he was like, all right, night, mom, I'm going to bed. Are you coming to check on me? <laughs> oh. I was like, oh, that's so cute. This 15 year old. If I'm coming to check on him. And Love I it. did. Um, <laughs> something I would do differently. Gosh. Um, there's honestly probably quite a few things, but one thing I would say, um, I really do believe that you need to be the champion for your kids. You need to be the one that has their back. And um, my youngest, he struggled a lot in school and without, I mean, I, this could be a whole nother podcast. There's the whole no child left behind, which is great, but he needed more help and I didn't step in. I just thought, okay, we'll make it through. We'll make it through. Um, he needed more resources and I could have helped with that. I could have done a better job. And so I do have some regret and struggles with that. Like, I can't go back. I can't do that for him. So I I just say that as, um, as your kids are growing up and you, they're all going to be different. I remember my mom saying, all of your kids are going to be different and they really are um, <laughs> that just recognizing where some might need help in one area in life and others might excel in it that be the champion for them um, find out what they need and how you can set them up for success yeah mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I love that um, well yeah I think we've covered a lot this I have really enjoyed listening to both of you and um, it kind of gets me excited as I enter into grandparenthood mm-hmm. of what's ahead with that and how I can do better even with that. Um, thank you for joining us today. Our next one will actually air Wednesday, April 27th, which will be post Easter. So I cannot even believe that we are here. Um, but th- that one's going to be a very, very difficult one. And so um, anybody listening, if you know of anyone that could benefit from it, it is going to be getting real about the loss of a child. That is going to be hard and emotional. And um, we do encourage you to tune in and pass it on to anybody that you know would appreciate it. So thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank <laughs> you.